Here's the podcast of highlights from the Q102 Morning Show with Jim and Laura. So finally, today, pretty sure we, we can say everybody's going to be back in school. Because according to the Wilmer School District calendar, the uh, middle school and high school started Tuesday. And then the pre-K up to, I guess, fourth or fifth grade, the little kids, are starting today. And that's perfect because some are sending their little one for the first time, including my niece. And that's how it was. Well, my daughter, Katie, will be 34 tomorrow. (laughs) So she was probably six when she recorded this low these many years ago. Little story. Follow along. It's in her voice about going back to school and uh, taking on the world. Here it is. I'm coming to you today. One little girl in a crispy dress and two blue eyes and a happy laugh that ripples all day long and a flash of light blonde hair that bounces in the sun when I run. I trust you'll treat me well. I'm slipping out of the backyard of your heart this morning. I'm skipping off down the street to my first day of school. I won't have time to sit on the front porch steps and watch an ant crawl across the crack in the sidewalk. Now I'll worry about important things like grades and which dress to wear and who's my best friend. And the magic of books will replace the magic of my blocks and dolls. In time I'll learn that Proper young ladies don't laugh out loud or kiss dogs or keep frogs in pickle jars or even watch ants crawl across cracks in the sidewalk. Today I'll learn for the first time that all who smile at me are not my friends and will stand at the front porch and watch me start out on the long, lonely journey to becoming a woman. So, world, I'm coming to you today, one little girl in a crispy dress with two blue eyes and a flash of light blonde hair that bounces in the sunlight when I run. I trust you'll treat me well. Have a good day at school. That's all for today. Bye-bye. <laughs> I uh, can finally oh. make it through the two minutes myself. Well, the... good for you. I cannot yet. <laughs> I was going to say, now, if you start blubbering over there, you're going to make me... Yeah, I can understand. Credit to uh, Victor Buono. He did a writing. It was actually, I trust you treat her well. It was written from the point of the dad. And then so we adapted it in, in her little voice. You can hear the age of the tape. On I that <laughs> rumbling in the background, it's that old, but it has become an annual rite of passage. And so uh, off they go. Today, they're little backpacks. Looking so cute. <laughs> Enjoy the day. Tim and Laura on the Q102 Morning Show. The hmm. Grammys, those are not coming up soon, but the submissions are underway for consideration for a Grammy. And this is where things are getting a little bit, mm, I don't know, uh, collaboration between Drake and The Weeknd, a song called Heart on My Sleeve. We could see that happening in real life, right? Yeah. Two well-known superstars collaborate on a song, except the song is not real. Their voices were created oh, through right. AI. 
So the song is eligible for a Grammy because it was written by a human. Oh, well, there are awards for songwriting, like Song of the Year. Right, and so it's being submitted now under the Ghostwriter representative, submitted for Best Rap Song and Best Song of the Year, which are awards, like you said, that are given to writers, not performers. Mm -hmm. So because it was written, quote-unquote, by a human, but performed by AI impersonating other humans, I don't like that. For the writer, I'm I'm not as prickly about it. I, I was about to get all up in arms, but because anybody could sing the song. But the song itself is what's getting the credit. Now, this you said best rap song. You missed the yeah. C at the front of uh, that. Uh, rap. Why? I mean, <laughs> why? Yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily vote this to be the best song, even if it were the original singers. But I don't like where that's going either. It's fascinating, amazing, and frightening all at the same time. Because, I mean... You wouldn't know that there, there aren't two people singing there. Uh, Google is doing something about uh, preventing AI ads for our political season, which everybody loves anyway already. Oh, de- definitely they do. We'll dig that up next here at Q102. Tim Burns and Laura McKenna, the Q102 Morning Show. I am giddy for the political ads to begin. It can't start soon enough. What about you? I- said no one ever and now it's the first time and i hadn't thought of this before now we have all this ai that can make people sing that don't sing they can do video of people who aren't real think of the political season on this google the first tech company to announce they're requiring an ai disclosure requirement for political advertisers requiring them to prominently disclose whether their ads contain, quote, synthetic content that inauthentically depicts real or realistic-looking people or events. They could make so either you can candidate... make up an event, but then just say, oh, we made up that event in fine little print that nobody well, will probably pay attention to. It says prominently disclose. <laughs> like the following is AI generated uh, candidates saying blank. This is troublesome. I mean, it's good that Google's calling them out. And that's just Google. As far as television, is the FCC going to do a similar? I'll have to look. Something Maybe similar. they are already looking into that. For Google ads, it has to say something like this video content was synthetically generated or this audio was computer generated. That's the disclosure they're going to require. They can't just say all this was made up just to get you riled up and yelling at somebody. <laughs> they can't just run that disclosure because I think that would be very accurate. You know, does anybody look forward to the campaign advertising season, and now it's just going to be even more complicated. Well, wait. If you are that one person, 320-235-1025, please text and let us know that you are just anticipating the start. I love it. They're always so informative about the issues facing America. (laughs) You're waking up with Tim and Laura on the Q102 Morning Show. Cruel summer. On Q102, Taylor, one of the top fraud schemes of the summer. Yay! Taylor Swift fans eager to buy tickets may have found they were conned. But uh, some of the other top scams of the summer of 23 
promises of student loan forgiveness. Now, if you'll just give us your routing number to your account and your social security address, we'll transfer the money. Right. This is where me being a very apparently distrustful person of everything, someone tries to do something nice. I'm like, well, yeah, but why? Yeah. What do you, what's, what's your angle here? And people go, what is your problem? I'm like, I don't know. I just It takes a while for me to trust that there's no strings attached and this is not a con job. Mm-hmm. Well, that we talked, was it last week, about when I, uh, I, I gave some uh, concert tickets at Prairie's Edge to somebody in the back where they were like, uh, Why? Why are you doing? Why are you? Why are you being nice to me? That's I don't good. understand. A healthy dose of skepticism, I think, is wise in these things. Another one I remember reading about was the summer vacationers finding rental listings, whether short or long term stays, not legitimate. They took photos like off of a, a real estate site and say, "Hey, here's your Airbnb. Now send your deposit," and then you show up and they're like, uh, "No, we live here." And you are not welcome. Thank you. Right. Uh, Common warning signs include aggressive advertising language, big promises and requests for login or other confidential personal information. Experts say the best defense, like Laura, a good offense. Just be so skeptical of everything. Don't share your address, your social security number, credit card numbers. Oh, and I've got one more for you. If the former 27-year-old porn star claims to have found Jesus, fell in love with you online without you ever seeing her, and wants to get married next month, pretty good chance that's a scam. Yeah, yeah, you would think. But I've seen that a lot on Dr. Phil. I've seen that a little closer to home, that uh, Mm -hmm. one day will be the subject of about a four-hour-long podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Tim Burns and Laura McKenna, the Q102 Morning Show. In the kitchen, in the kitchen, Laura's in there, making something, always learning, in the kitchen. Yeah, we got big news this Uh segment. Now, with a new sponsor, Kitchen Fair by Don's Building Center brings you in the kitchen each Thursday morning. Oh, yeah. Thank it you, does. Kitchen fair. And this in the kitchen tip, I have to say, I've even impressed myself with it because I never knew that peeling this certain fruit could be this easy. I enjoy a good kiwi in a fruit salad oh. or, you know, yeah. in, a, in an event, but I look at them in the store and I go, ah, that just looks hard to peel and I'm going to waste half of it because I'm going to either have to, you know, slice it with a knife or use a vegetable peeler. It's just too much, just too much. And so. This goes back to last week. Remember, Mom and Dad and myself and Alex, we were all going to do breakfast on the boat. And so I bought some muffins, and then I also cut up all kinds of fruit for a fruit salad. And I thought, you know what? The family is worth the the struggle and the agony of cutting Uh. up a kiwi. I'm going to do that for them. But I did a quick Google search after asking my mom, and my husband, how do you, what's the best way to cut a kiwi? Well, of course, I get the deer in headlights look from my mom, who yeah. would just go, just buy it already cut up. <laughs> Alex is a, a better cook than she is because she hates to cook. And he said, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I've ever cut one myself. So I Googled and they said you could slice it down with a knife, but then you're wasting a lot of that good green pulpy kiwi yeah. part. But then there was a tip that said, just use a spoon. So you take the kiwi, lay it on its side, cut the stem and the bottom, or as I like to call it, the stem and the butt. Yeah. Slice those down. 
and then it works best, I think, if you have a grapefruit spoon, which is has the a little serrated sur- edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it will also work with a regular spoon. But you just kind of work the spoon uh-huh, halfway uh-huh. around gently. You know, you want to just not bash in there with the spoon. Then you flip it over, do, 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 around. And all you do is then squeeze the middle and <laughs> poop. All your kiwi just squishes out uh, in one fell swoop. Uh, oh, so easy. Yeah. So easy. I was like, I'm going to cut up this whole box of kiwis. We don't need that much kiwi, but it's so fun to do, and it's so easy. And they are good for you. I was just looking. It can regulate blood sugar because a lot of fruits sometimes, it's too sugary if you're diabetic. Uh, good for heart health, supports healthy gut bacteria, can make uh, bowel movements regularly. They should have given that to that passenger on the, uh, was that a flight from uh, Atlanta to Barcelona? Oh. I remember that from a few days ago. Let's let's not ruin everyone's appetite <laughs> yeah, here. Let's talk about uh, cutting up the <clears throat> kiwis. So yeah, I don't have. Al- we were at Alex's. He has a grapefruit spoon at his house. I don't have one here at mine. So I used a regular spoon to make sure that that would still work. The thinner the spoon, the better, the more clean yeah, yeah, cut, yeah. and the the more kiwi that you will get out of your kiwi when you're cutting it. But it'll work with both for sure. I want to say yeah. Pampered Chef, I think, has a good – and, you know, I, I don't know anybody who sells it now. This isn't a, a big ad, but I think the one I used to have was a Pampered Chef, chef version, you know, 13 15 bucks. I'll, I because like that. do you eat a lot of grapefruit? I don't really love a grapefruit. It's a little too sour for me, and I like tart, but that's a little extreme. But well, it does work nice to kind of get in those ridges of the grapefruit, yeah. whatever those are called. Oh, whatever. the ridges? Those are called lifts. The little, oh. the vein, the whatever, the dividers between, yeah, that's I a lift. That. Uh-huh. This is a bonus in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So we're learning so much today. And then if you use one of those curved knives, you're more likely to be able to trim away all of the pith. That's that whitish, skinny stuff that is hard to get off of grapefruits. Pith. Pith, pith and lift. and lift. <laughs> that's what they I feel, are. I feel like we all of a sudden de- developed a lisp. <laughs> Well, we're trying to talk about fruit. (laughs) But look at look at how much you're learning today. I I mean, come on. That's right. Thank you to to Tim Burns, to Google, and to Kitchen Fair by Don's Building Center for this in the kitchen just wealth of knowledge. The Q102 Morning Show Podcast. Join Tim and Laura weekdays from six to nine.